This is a Federal News Network podcast. Silicon Valley gets a lot of attention as military leaders pursue innovation. My next guest argues more support is needed for innovation cells on U.S. college and university campuses, those specifically assigned to the military mission. Christopher Nywame is an Iraq Army veteran, now the communications chief for Next Veterans, and he joins me now. Mr. Nywame, good to have you in studio. Thanks for having me in. So your thesis is that there needs to be more support for academic centers, because often you think of colleges as places that avoid military research, but not the case. That's correct. There's been a lot of collaboration between American universities that have core competencies and advanced skills in technology and has actually partnered with the U.S. military, special forces in some cases, to develop very new technologies that are unleashing new capabilities that not only does our military need, it helps build military infrastructure, it helps build communications infrastructure. It's successful, and I think we're going to see a lot more investment and attention in these projects that currently don't get a lot of public attention. And do these? how do these come into existence in the first place? And is that a different mechanism than, say, in the 50s and 60s? Well, I think it's similar that they... They have a memorandum of understanding or they have a a contractual obligation at some step in the process, but they're coming about from congressional legislation, congressional appropriations that then go into agencies that understand they can't meet these obligations without these specific skill sets. And in the case of many of these universities, you have advanced students, master degree pursuers, PhD students that are they specialize in this and they are creating knowledge and they are creating technology that's benefiting our military and our military capabilities that ultimately benefit the warfighter and our national security mission. So the mechanism might be through grant-making agencies within DOD. That's a great question. In the most specific uh, context, it would be a grant is the form that that uh, funding would take going to the university for the specific purpose that they're partnered with with the agency. I mentioned Silicon Valley in the beginning of this. Is there also corporate funding that can come into this type of arrangement? Corporate funding can come in. We've seen a lot of money from Silicon Valley startups, Silicon Valley companies that are adopting technology, trying to meet Department of Defense needs. Some of these projects are funded and eventually they uh, are completed. Other times they're paused while the defense priorities shift to other things. But we're looking at things like prosthetic technology, uh, base security mechanisms, uh, drones or unmanned aerial vehicles will be a technology and also uh, medical devices that almost operate like civilian Fitbits in terms of understanding core body functions as they happen, the purpose being keeping warfighters in the fight uh, after injury and other technological purposes. And a lot of the impetus for some of these perceived needs really stemmed from the long involvement in Iraq and Afghanistan, didn't it? Absolutely. Those long-term injuries, those complex injuries, troops that wanted to return to the battlefield and a military that wanted to tend to their needs, but also figure out how can we make their their long-term care better, improve mobility, improve life. So if they do transition to veteran status, they're able to have a more fulfilled employment uh, situation and be healthier and happier and stronger. And there's been a shift in military doctrine, I guess, or policy across the DOD, which is now that we are back as a nation in the great powers competition, as opposed to terrorism and so forth that characterized, say, the last 20 years. And do you feel that these types of collegiate DOD and maybe corporate triangle relationships can benefit some of the offset requirements that are stated to be needed by the military leaders for the next 
however many years. That's such a great question, and that is precisely the new focus and the shift is moving away from those uh, individual uh, terrorism-based, you know, geopolitical, regional-based conflicts. And now the defense strategy document for the U.S. is largely focused on Russia and China and being able to compete and to be able to unleash these technologies. And I think it is going to be key for us to save money in the long term, but to develop those technologies to keep pace in the event we need to posture ourselves for more of a ground-based conflict. And many of these technologies, in one example, we know China is trying to get into uh, our technologies, steal secrets, but China would like to ideally disable a missile in the air or be able to have very strong counter defense capabilities. We don't want that. And the way to prevent that is to keep funding these very uh, interesting and important defense incubator projects with DOD and our, our American universities. I guess it's a good thing India still likes us. Well, in- India still likes us. And I think we've got to be firm with some of our adversaries that we know how they behave. So we're sort of cornering them on the things we know we need to, and we're continuing to focus on uh, our projects. And I think these are really interesting. I'm glad we're giving some little attention to them because they don't always get uh, unpackaged and people don't understand the, de- the importance. I think we're just buying bombs, sure. but we're actually developing technologies. We're speaking with Christopher Nywame, Army Iraq veteran, now the communications chief for Next Veterans and generally writing about military affairs all over the place, we should add. And when these mini think tanks, you might call them, are doing their work, how should the military best handle the intellectual property that is developed? Because many times, you hear anyway, and I think it's quite true in many cases, that the the technology being developed has wide commercial application. And so the DOD needs to adapt the best of commercial, whereas in the 70s and 60s, stealth technologies and guided missiles and so forth really had nothing commercial that they could be applied to. That's a great question. I think obviously the Defense Department is going to be looking at uh, national security, intelligence, and things that they might want to suppress for from the public for, for specific purposes. But the companies are going to want to be able to, to market that and make use after the fact. And so I think that's where the balance comes in. And that's where a lot of the, the creativity, one would not expect a university that's traditionally thought of as liberal, per se, working with Special Forces Command on a particular project. And we're seeing a lot of interesting projects. We're also seeing uh, UC San Diego, for example, has done a lot of great work with veterans specifically in terms of, of technology and uh, working with appropriators in Congress to make sure that we have smart base funding, we're being more efficient, and we're creating more efficiencies. We know contracted support and This will make – it will take the weight off of commanders to be able to focus on mission readiness and allow these technologies. So uh, UC San Diego is one of many examples, and we write about in the Military Times piece as well, that's doing a lot of great stuff. And I think that the public should take a look at it, and uh, Congress should continue to fund and support these programs. What about the issue of, say, eventual foreign export control and weapons control aspects of it? How early does that come into the whole picture? Well, I think in terms of the – the projects that specifically relate to weapons, that's going to be a, a, a concern on the horizon to make sure that we're negotiating that and making sure that the, the weapon systems are, are, are in our possession. But a lot of these are diversified projects, too, that are they're focused on uh, technological capabilities that can be duplicated for other purposes. So, again, I think the more we pay attention to this, we realize there are, there are more controls to it. There are more pieces to it. We need to be uh, cognizant of and, and focus on. I'm just excited to see it moving out and beyond because I've seen the practical applications for veterans that have been injured. Some of these Silicon Valley CEOs, smart guys and gals out in uh, California that are 
really putting their brain power into this, and they could be putting it into other things. You know, these defense, the Defense Department is not just uh, engaging in warfare. We're trying to prevent warfare. We're trying to develop our capabilities and compete globally, economically as well. And of course, there's a big difference if you're developing something, say, for a medical application that VA could use or the DOD medical establishment versus something kinetic that is out there to destroy things and kill people. That's absolutely true, and that's what we're looking to do is, and many companies are in this space, Lim Innovations based in California is one that's developed prosthetic technology that's more more comfortable, uh, more adaptable, also worked with the Department of Defense. And these are the types of companies that are going to really disrupt a lot of the, the, the traditional contracting that's done at the VA that, frankly, a lot of it's old. I mean, the VA is making some improvements, but my goodness, we're finally getting automated text messages reminding us of our appointments here in 2018 and 19. So we're getting there. Things are getting better. This intersectionality is very interesting. And I think being able to keep Congress, keep uh, corporate partners, venture capitalists all together on this, it's going to be a win for everyone. It's certainly going to be a a benefit for veterans that need health care, better health care outcomes. And finally, what's your sense of the workses, the soft works, special operations? There's an AF works for the Air Force, these innovation cells that are, they all have the works at the end of their name. Are they useful in this whole process, especially of establishing relationships on campuses? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like Fox Mulder from X-Files will kidnap me if I go too far into the, uh, the special forces programs. Um Yes, I think that – and those are the most, I think, vibrant that people are looking at and to be able to make their transportation more efficient and the rest. I think we're all eyes on those. There's one specifically in Tampa, Florida that's that's going on uh, with the university in, uh, in Florida. I think that figuring out how much they can develop and and I think that's going to be very important. And obviously there's so many components, software, technology, uh, licensing, a lot to it, but it's, it's certainly phased projects. We're going to be seeing a lot more on this. Christopher Nywame is an Iraq Army veteran, now the communications chief for Next Veterans. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you're sending money to. Second, Confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online.